When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. After the first period in Winnipeg, Washington leading the Jets 1-0. Chicago and St. Louis scoreless early in the second period. Later tonight, Colorado home to Boston. The Ducks will play the Golden Knights. Raptors leading the Pistons 79-62. Five minutes left in the third quarter. The Penguins have signed General Manager Jim Rutherford to a three-year extension. That'll go to the summer of 2022. He's 69, won back-to-back cups as the GM of the Penguins in 16 and 17. Also was the General Manager of the Champion Hurricanes in 2006. Trade today, the uh, Penguins get Tanner Pearson from the Kings. Pearson with just one assist in 17 games this season. Going to the Kings, Carl Hagelin. He has three points in 16 games, so both guys struggling. Sidney Crosby uh, missed practice today. He's being evaluated for an upper body injury. The Oilers off today. They'll practice tomorrow, practice Friday, play in Calgary on Saturday. 6.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 8. Edmonton Oil Kings captain Trey Fix. Wolanski has 45 points in 22 games this season. That leads the Western Hockey League. He's on a 10-game point streak, 27 points during that span. He's getting set to lead the Oil Kings into Lethbridge on Friday. Trey, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. And, I mean, I asked you how you're doing. I think anybody following the Oil Kings in the Western Hockey League knows you're doing great. You're on an incredible string here. Uh, you're leading the WHL in scoring. I guess the question is, what is clicking for you? Can you put your finger on it here? Um, you know, not not one thing specifically. I think everyone on the team is, is gelling well. I'm playing well with my line mates. Our power play is going. Our penalty kill is going. So... Um, you know, as much as it, it falls on me, it falls on um, the guys I'm playing with and the, the people that the coaching staff and GM uh, surrounded me. So, um, yeah, it's just been awesome so far. And, um, you know, I, I've been feeling good on the ice lately. So I think that's that's something that's super important to my success so far. Have you had consistent line mates through this run? Or tell me who you've been playing with and how they've been helping you. Um, actually, at the start of the year, I was playing with, um, Vince and then um, a winger um, would rotate here and there but um, I've been playing pretty consistently with Kemp now Brett Kemp so um, found some chemistry there and I think um, we're feeding off each other well and um, that's that's been pretty pretty great to my success and I think um, he's doing a great job and and uh, playing along my playing center with me you know, I want to I want to hear this in your own words because it, it's a fairly common question, but I often get some interesting perspectives when I ask it. 
Can you explain and put in your own words the impact of experience and confidence on how it's been going for you this season? Yeah, I think confidence, um, experience, both super important things. Um, obviously, my first year and then moving into my second year felt more comfortable and even more comfortable this year. So um, you come into the year kind of kind of expecting what's going to happen and um, knowing knowing the teams are going to face and the players that they have. So um, I think as you get older, you start to realize that um, there's certain ways you got to play against certain teams. And um, I think that's what I've i've been able to do this year and i think that's been super important for me and um our team's success what about the mentality of of not taking your foot off the gas i mean it's great to have a three four or five point game obviously that means you're productive but i mean you're on a scoring streak here and you've been consistently scoring and sometimes you will see players they might really light it up for a couple of games and then you might not hear from them for three or four games does the consistency is a lot of that mental as well or where do you think that's coming from yeah i think you can't let the highs get too high or the lows get too low you always got to be um pretty even keel and i think that's something that over the years i've learned to adapt and um put that into everyday life whether it's at practice or um working out or a game i think you always um have to be or have to have the mindset that um you want to go out there and produce and say it's off the ice you want to be a good guy and uh, work hard in the gym so i think it's it's the work part of it that that's super important for me and um that's been super important for me this year did you do anything different this summer in the off season i mean i know you went to columbus's camp as well uh in in september to the or to the rookie camp but did you did you change anything this summer you know because you'd been drafted or because you were you, you know you knew a little bit more about the whl grind that you wanted to be ready for um, I changed my nutrition quite a bit, um, got a nutritionist, so that was super important for me. And, um, you know, nutrition is a huge part of, of athletes' lives. So I think um, when you're running on the right foods, it, it makes it a lot easier in the gym. And um, in the gym as well, I think just working on speed and um, agility, that kind of stuff, that was super important for me this summer. That's interesting. You brought up the nutrition aspect. Was this eating uh, like eating differently, like a different schedule of when you ate, or did you actually sort of uh, revamp what you're actually consuming? Uh, a little bit of both, actually. Um, putting the right right meals into your body at the right times, and then obviously um, for me, I, I wanted to take the, a little bit more carbs out of my diet. So um, you're eating quite a bit of carbs during the year, pregame, pasta, all that stuff. Um, so in the summer, I, I wanted to lean out and um, took took the appropriate steps to doing that. All right. So you're saying when I get home from an Oilers game that w- diving into the chips and dip isn't the healthiest thing for me? Is that something you learned? Yeah, not the best thing. But <laughs> hey, if that's what you like, then then go for it. <laughs> Trey Fix Wolanski joining us on Inside Sports, uh, leading the red hot Edmonton Oil Kings in scoring. And, and look, we should touch on the team success, and it's already. I mean, we're not even halfway through the season, Trey, and it's already been an interesting journey for you guys with some of the ups and downs, hasn't it? Yeah, pretty streaky um, so far, but I think we're starting to to figure out the the highs and lows part of it. So, um, obviously, starting um, five and zero, and then um, losing eight in a row, and now we're on a, another streak. Um, you know, we can, we kind of got to find a little bit more consistency, and I think guys are guys are doing the right things to find that. 
and some stretches of, of games away from home. Obviously, you know, we talked to you earlier after the, the trip out, uh, out west into the United States, and now you've kind of had a lot of road games this month again. And even a funny schedule this week, Trey, you're just in Lethbridge on Monday. You're going back there to play them again on Friday. Tell me a little bit about, you know, dealing with, uh, with the road schedule and some of the, it must seem like a bit of a never-ending bus ride through some parts of this season already. Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes it's a little bit tough, but um, on the road, you always get to know guys. You get to know the team better. So I think um, if you can use that uh, as part of your motivation and um, part of being a better team, then um, the road games don't don't seem so hard. All right. What about the impact of, of Brad Lauer, your new head coach, uh, on on your game? Is, is any of your offense and any of your production coming from things uh, he's he's added or, or opened you up to do? Um, definitely. I think um, he's a guy that wants to win and um, does, does the right things to win. So, um, you know, just our power play, the way we've been clicking there, our penalty kill, the way we've been, um, you know, kind of creating a little bit of offense there. And then um, our five-on-five five game is, is all around a uh, better game. So um, I think as we move forward in this year, he's going to be um, a super important part for the players. Um, obviously coming from the NHL, he, he knows a tough schedule, so um, you know he he understands what it what it takes to win, and um, he's going to keep pushing us forward to do that. All right, uh, we're going to close it out here with uh, with a fun one. You uh, I mentioned you got the away game on Friday. You're home Saturday to Kelowna. It is Witchers, uh, witches and wizards night for the Oil Kings. Uh, you guys will not be uh, dressed as witches or wizards, but maybe some fans will. Uh, do I dare ask if you have a favorite witch or wizard or if you ever got into Harry Potter or anything to do with uh, magic, anything like that? Um, I'm not much of a Harry Potter fan, but growing up, I was always super intrigued by magic, and I ended up getting a magic um, set for, I think it was my birthday when I was younger. So um, always tried to pull off some some uh, tricks in front of my family and friends, and um, probably wasn't the best at it. But they made me—they made me uh, think that I was—I was good at it. So, <laughs> well, that's great. You got a little bit of positive feedback. Clearly, something you, that didn't stick with you, though, eh? No, no. I—I uh, I leave my magic on the ice. So, well, it's been working so far this season, Trey. It's always great to have you on the show. Uh, all the best in Lethbridge, and then of course when you're back home on Saturday. And I know we'll talk to you throughout the season as well, man. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Trey Fix-Wolanski, what an awesome season he's having for the Oil Kings. They are unbeaten in regulation time in their last nine, and they are in first place in the Central Division in the Western Hockey League, and he's obviously leading the way. Good stuff for him. Hey, some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern Comfort Food to Edmonton and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Don't hesitate to visit them in person, 124th Street, 107th Avenue, fun spot with awesome food well kellen well we are going to give away two tickets to the gray cup next sunday at commonwealth stadium you will have to answer a trivia question live on air so people will call in you will put them on hold i will bring them on in the order in which they called first person to get the question right gets the tickets this has got to be revolutionary this is going to be incredible uh obviously it will be a gray cup themed question I I think somebody out there will...
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Several people out there will find it incredibly easy. We'll just see if they're the first people through on the phone line or not. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We have a full board of people looking to win two tickets. Two tickets to the Grey Cup next Sunday right here in Edmonton. We don't know who will be in the game, but it's down to four teams remaining. The West Final, Winnipeg at Calgary, and of course the East Final, Hamilton at Ottawa, both games on Sunday. This, this is a big one, Kellen. I don't, this, this is probably the biggest prize we've ever given away on the show. The Blockbuster Video coupons now push down to second place. Yeah, this is on, huge. on the all-time list of wonderful prizes we've had on the show. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the question. I will then bring our callers on in the order in which you receive the calls. You will have five seconds to give your answer. If you are wrong or don't give an answer, I will move on to the next caller and I will not repeat the question. All right? Those are going to be the rules. Maybe maybe if we get really deep into it, like 10 or 12 callers, I'll say the question again. Here we go. The first time Edmonton hosted the Grey Cup, what two teams were in the game? The first time Edmonton hosted the Grey Cup, and I'm not going to make it easier by saying the year, what two teams were in the game? Lisa, go ahead. Saskatchewan. Incorrect. Robert. Uh, Hamilton and Winnipeg. And what year was it, buddy? You're right. 84. 84. Do you remember the score in the game? Uh, 48-16 or something like that. Wow, you got a good memory. It was 47-17 for Winnipeg. Wow. They absolutely <laughs> ran away with it. Uh, now, are, do, you, do you have a current fan affiliation with a CFL team? Uh, Eskimos, of course. All right, Eskimos. Uh, will you, like, if you look at the final four teams, is there one you would prefer to see win it if it comes to that, or, or you just want to go to the game? Uh, yeah, Winnipeg, because uh, well, Matt Nichols had a tough time when he's here in Edmonton, and he's doing really well in Winnipeg. So, Well, I, I, I'm looking at this, and, you know, it's a, it's a small league. For uh, most of my life, it's been eight or nine teams. I, I know there was yeah. up to 13 for, what, a year. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of the Eskimos can't win every year, but it's, it's when, when cities get long droughts in a, in a nine-team league, I do start to feel a little bad for them. Uh, Hamilton yeah. and Winnipeg haven't won for a while. I wouldn't mind seeing those two teams play each other. Yeah, that would be a good game. Was your heart broken to see the Saskatchewan Rough Riders eliminated? No. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, here's what we got to do. We got to get okay. you to stay on the line so Kellen okay. can get your information, and you're going to have okay. to come to 630 Chet at some point and pick him up, okay? Okay. All right, that is Robert. All right. 
It was uh, Winnipeg and Hamilton. First Grey Cup ever in Edmonton back in uh, in 1984. Well, that was good. Second caller got it. Now, here's the thing. If you're disappointed, don't sulk. Don't sulk. Don't spend the rest of your night, you know, mumbling around the house, acting all dejected. We just may have more tickets to give away in the future to the Grey Cup. Just leave it at that. You can text 63630. This texter says uh, Edmonton didn't host until 1984. As a 29-year-old, I find that stunning. Well, most of the games until... Yeah, sort of getting into the 80s, were uh, in Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver. There'd be the odd one in, in another city. You know, Calgary had one in the 70s, uh, but now they obviously move them around a lot more. John says, Reed, no Olympics for Calgary, no arena. The Houston Flames has a very nice ring to it, don't you think? Well, I'll tell you what, I... Uh, I want the Flames to stay in Calgary. It, I think it's it's great for the Oilers to have a rival in the same province. Mike says, uh, Reed, I appreciated Milan Lucic's hustle last night. I'm hard on him, so got to give him props when he plays well. Was there a forward other than the first line that stood out to you live? Well, I thought it was a pretty good game overall for the Oilers. I do think the fourth line has strung together some decent games. Even going back to the uh, road game in Chicago where Cassian got the only goal in regulation time. I, I think they've been uh, relatively consistent. I know Kara came out for a game. Clearly, I would say in Florida, nobody uh, really looked that great. They were the best line against Colorado in an absolute bummer of a game. So I'll give, uh, I'll give the fourth line some props there, Mike. Appreciate that text. Uh, this texture says, Reed, check out these stats for Dreisaitl. He scored only five goals that have not been assisted by McDavid, and uh, only two of those without McDavid on the ice. Only one goal didn't include either Nuger McDavid. Out of his nine assists, he has only two without McDavid included. He needs to be playing with Connor. If you uh, take McDavid out of the equa- equation, Dreisaitl has four points in 18 games. That is ugly. He's not driving the second line. I will give him a bit of a break, though. His wingers weren't doing much either. Well, the Oilers have three consistent offensive players. Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. When other guys get on the board, like defensemen last night, like when Kajula and Chason did it, they will uh, be, do a lot better and have little streaks. There's a, a scout I know who was at the game last night. Uh, passed him in the hallway. We were kind of, kind of both had uh, places to be as the game was getting started. And uh, I said to him, I said, in 10 seconds, what do you think of the Oilers? And he said, they don't have enough skill. And, and that's a fair point. Other than those big three guys, uh, they don't have really any, any players with consistent offensive production. And I think that'll be a challenge. It's funny. First thing he said, he didn't mention goaltending. He didn't mention defense. He said they don't have enough skill. 7-27. Boy, the Pistons are catching up to the Raptors. We'll update the scoreboard when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Just want to get to a text here from Mike in Sherwood Park talking about the Olympics. How much money would a city potentially make? Mike says he hasn't heard much on that. Well, Mike, uh, nothing. (laughs) 
I, I just I just found a couple articles here. Uh, and Mike, if you're if you're not at home uh, when you when you get home or when you have time to go on the computer, just just Google that. How much money can a city make hosting the Olympics? Uh, I got an article here on the uh, website. Uh, it's called the Council on Foreign Relations. The article is the economics of hosting the Olympic Games. L.A. in 1984 made money because they had a lot of existing infrastructure, stadiums, all that kind of stuff. They actually made $215 million. I mean, generally, if you're hosting the Olympics, you are losing money because the costs go uh, up and up, and there's numerous examples of cities that have withdrawn from their bid in recent years because they looked at it and said, uh, oh my, that's going to suck if we do that. Um, where is it here? You know, basically to host the Olympics, um, you're looking at somewhere between one and two billion dollars. Obviously, that's a, a pretty uh, large range, so that's a lot of money to try to make back. And uh, that's uh, tough to do. Just had a, you know what, Mike? I had a paragraph here. Okay. Um, even London, well, actually, even more than that, London in 2012 apparently uh, generated $5.2 billion, $18 billion in costs. So it's, it's tough to make money. If you want to host the Olympics. So there you go on that. Uh, but definitely something for your free reading, Mike. NHL tonight. Blackhawks lead the Blues 1-0 late second period. 1-1 Capitals and Jets also in the second. Shifley has his 10th. Two other games coming up later tonight. Raptors lead the Pistons now 97-96 with five minutes left. Uh, Raptors were looking good. They were up by 15-17 earlier in the half, uh, but Detroit's really come on. They've outscored the Raptors so far 19-9 in the fourth quarter. We'll keep you updated on that one. Oilers will practice tomorrow. They were off today. Next game in Calgary on Saturday. It's on 6.30, Chad. 6.30 face-off show, and the puck will drop at 8. A lot going on. We're into the uh, division finals in the CFL Grey Cup next Sunday right here in Edmonton, and high school football getting down to the uh, nitty-gritty as well. The regional finals coming up, and uh, there were some important games over this past weekend, and the coach of the Salisbury Sabres, Cam Fraser, checks in now. Cam, thanks for coming on Inside Sports tonight. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How about you? Doing very well. Uh, you know, season for you guys, it's 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 always tough. You went up against a good Ainley team. They were able to get you 25-7 uh, in a provincial, I guess what it would have been a north semifinal, provincial uh, quarterfinal. Tell me a little bit, uh, you know, a, a, about that game. Obviously not a lot of, a lot of points scored. Uh, what, what gave them a bit of the edge in that one? Um, basically, they're a very well-coached team. Uh, Brock Ralph is their head coach, former Eskimo. Um, they are very sound, both offensively and defensively. Um, they, they they don't make many mistakes, and if you do, they usually take advantage of them. And they have some great great athletes, uh, Eli Hedinger, and uh, and some of the players that they have, a Joe Joe. All these guys are great athletes, and you give them any sort of opportunity, and they're going to take it. Unfortunately for us, we just didn't make enough plays at the end uh, to get close enough to beat them in that game. But you got to give them credit because they're. The defending provincial champions haven't lost a game in two years, and, and you got to give them credit because they earned that game. 
Well, and Ainley, uh, generally a, a very a strong school for athletics of all varieties. So uh, you hung yeah. in there uh, with them for sure. You know, your 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 season as as a whole was this a year where you know you expected you, you could make a little noise in provincials? I know in high school sometimes coaches say, "Well, this is a peak. This might be a year where we're a year or two away because of the age of some of the some of the players and some of the leaders." Uh, what were your expectations going into the year? Our expectations were that we had to. Uh, start to compete with mainly if we were going to win a provincial championship. Uh, we had about 23 grade 12s out of a roster of 80 kids in our program right now. And uh, we felt that we could be pretty close to them this year. Uh, we had a really great group of grade 10s two years ago that have come up with us. Most of them had to play senior grade 10. Uh, we were 0-6-2 their first year, 5-2 uh, last year, and then 6-1 and this year. Uh, prior to playing Ainley in the city championship last weekend. So we are definitely taking steps in the right way. Really proud of our grade 12s and the fact that they really left their program a lot better than they found it. And anytime they could do that in life, they've been successful, regardless if you win or lose. And I think that's a great life lesson that they learned. And, and uh, a lot of these kids are going to be moving on to university and doing well, getting scholarships and getting money to, for, to go to school. And can't be prouder of the Arbor grade 12s leaving. Well, that's great to hear, and I love how you say they've left the program better than when they found it. And and hey, as as a coach, you and your staff, sometimes you can have the the same coaches uh, for a while, and and you do a lot uh, leadership wise. But it's always nice to see the players doing that, right? And it passing it along because it, it seems to me if you have players enforcing standards and and discipline and and work ethic, it, it sometimes that works a lot better than players having to hear it from the coaches over and over again. Well, absolutely. Our philosophy is we want to be competitive. We want to produce kids for the next level. And most importantly, we want to make sure we're building young kids for our society. And uh, none of them can be worth more than the other. Um, and we, anytime you do that, in, I, in my book, you're being successful. And when your kids buy in, uh, that's the most important part. And, and for me, that, that's the relationships you build with kids and making sure that they're successful in life, whether it be in football or most likely in something else because I've had one player play in the CFL in the last 23 years of coaching. So otherwise, if you based it on that, I guess I wasn't too successful. But having doctors, lawyers, electricians, all those things are important because, again, this is, this is just a, a tool for them to learn leadership and work as a team and make sure that they're being successful in life. And that's, that's what I coach for. Uh, I'm embarrassed that I can't think of it right now. Who was your CFL player? Uh, Chad Rempel. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've had Chad on the show, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jared Winkle. Sorry, I've had two. My mistake. Oh, when when Winkle was uh, outstanding, what the running back at the U of A? Yes, he was. Yeah, and the Edmonton Wildcats too. Yeah. uh, He's a great kid, too. Right on. Hey, uh, you know, uh, Cam Fraser joining us, coach of the South Sabres uh, High School Football. Uh, obviously, there was you know a, a scary uh, incident uh, near your school recently. Um, you know, obviously tough for the the school community. Um, did that throw off preparation for you guys? Did, did maybe some other schools or programs step in to help you guys a bit? Uh, yeah, they did. Um, first of all, um, it, it it was a scary situation. I feel badly for anybody who was affected. Uh, with it, um, but from a football standpoint, I don't think it had anything really to do with our result in our game. Uh, our junior team actually played that night, uh, or sorry, played the night afterwards. The only issue we ran into was making sure we could get into the school to get equipment, but for the most part, I had already planned on practicing at our uh, turf facility out in Truett Park because of the light. Uh, 
by the time five o'clock hits, we couldn't see anything, so we needed to get some light from Emerald Hills. And so, obviously, the county opened that facility up for us. Uh, the ABJ Scotts and the Ardross and Bisons, I've been friends with the coach from the Bisons for almost 30 years, Paul Schwartz. Uh, he shared some fields with me. Uh, the principal from Strathcona Christian opened up some classrooms for us. So it's, really everybody stepped up to really help us out. But to be honest with you, it was kind of like regular practice time this time of year. We were always having to move and drive, get on a bus and take two teams this way because we had our junior team also that was playing in the city final against Ainley last night. Um, and uh, it was one of those things that you just kind of, it's a little bit of adversity, but I think that if you can teach your kids a little bit of resiliency when things get a little bumpy, you just got to move forward, and that's all we did. And proud of the coaches and the organization for, and, and all the other organizations for helping us out. Yeah, well said. And did, did, did Sal win the junior final? Uh, we did, actually, yeah. 38-7 to last night we won the junior Division One championship. Okay. We got a little bit, bit of revenge from the, from Friday <laughs> night. But, but again, um, what a great program they have, both junior and senior. And uh, the fact that we're even being mentioned with them uh, shows that we've moved uh, forward in the last couple of years. You said 23 years for you coaching? Yes. And uh, I know I'm not going to pretend to be a high school football expert, and I often joke that I, I grew up in a small town, so sometimes with the Edmonton high schools, I still got to do uh, uh, rack my brain a little bit to remember which is which. But but I, I do know there's a lot of coaches who've been coaching uh, against each other for a while. Like, can some of you veterans, like, do you surprise each other anymore with stuff you pull out in games, or <laughs> are you just trying to out-execute the other team? I think it comes down to execution. The level of coaching in high school football in Edmonton has gotten so good um, that you really don't surprise anybody anymore. Um, ICU Video does a great job videoing all our games. Um, football Berta and Tim Enger have done such a great job um, providing opportunities for kids to get better, uh, whether it be with the advancement camps or all the U17, U16, U18 camps. And all these guys are getting better and better. Everybody breaks down film. It really is, to surprise somebody is very difficult because everybody is really uh, on the top of their game and preparing their kids as best as they can for games. And it really um, shows how I think the sport is really uh, evolved during, the, especially in the last decade. How, how much time do your do your students have, your players have, to watch film? I mean, I had Jed Roberts in studio in the summer, and he talked about watching film, and Danny Bass would would fall asleep wa- watching film. But those guys are pros; like they're not school kids, and maybe having a part time job and and trying to be you know kids and brothers and sisters and still get good marks. Like how, how what is the film study like for a high school football player? Well, they got this cool program called Huddle that they can pull up their film, game film, right on their cell phone. Oh, wow. So, and uh, we, every team pretty much has an account. We sign the kids up. They're able to watch. We're able to see how much they have watched just based on time. And it's really helped them develop not only as football players but as students of the game. And uh, even my, my son's Bantam team out in Sherwood Park is, are on Huddle. And uh, it's been a really good tool, coaching tool. Um, because it really takes the um, trying to get on a computer or a television or whatever, it's taken that away. And uh, for the most part, I think our kids usually spend about two, three hours watching film a week, and then our coaching staff pretty much, I'd say, four to eight hours just breaking down film, uh, showing our kids what the other teams like to do, 
and just prepping our kids as best that we possibly can. Uh, and that's why I think football has gotten a lot better in, in Edmonton and, and, the, and in high school across the country, uh, just to the fact that the amount of work that people are putting in to prepare the kids. Yeah, I, I find that film study part of it and, and the mental preparation fascinating. Hey, uh, Cam, before I let you go, uh, Cairo Kurt has texted in. I don't know if you know who this is. He says, Coach Fraser has been one of the most positive influences on my life. Tons of great life lessons. Doesn't get nearly enough credit for the people he is influenced in the work he does. Proud to have called him a mentor. I don't know uh, who that, if you know who that is, but it is an ex-player chiming in tonight. So th- I hope you appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on the show, Cam. we got to talk again. Really appreciate your time. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent stuff. That is Cam Fraser, coach of the Salisbury Sabres. Uh, let us know a little bit about the experience, obviously, with that uh, scary incident near the school uh, from last week and uh, playing uh, Ainley in the uh, provincial quarterfinal, the North final, uh, pardon me, North semifinal. Ainley moves on to the North final, hoping to make the provincial championship in Fort McMurray. He mentioned Brock Ralph is their coach. Let's get Brock on the show. Let's bring him in right after the commercial here, Kellen. Uh, We'll shoot you his number and we'll see if he can come on. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. And hey, this portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialists. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Man, the Raptors are uh, on the verge of blowing this one. They had a big lead, now trailing the Pistons 104-102 with 55 seconds left. That was great to have Cam Fraser on the show, coach of the South Sabres high school football team. They were just defeated by uh, Harry Ainley 25-7. Harry Ainley ranked number one in Tier 1 in the province. They're going to play Lindsay Thurber in the North Final, 1 p.m. Clark Stadium on uh, Saturday. So we figured, well, why don't we let their head coach on, and you'll know the name, former Edmonton Eskimo Brock Ralph. Brock, you're on with Reed. How have you been? I'm good, thank you. Yourself, Reed? Doing very well. Uh, I, I think last time we had you on the show, you were still playing in the CFL, uh, but obviously <laughs> you've you've uh, you've really uh, dived into the coaching community here, and things are going uh, well for you at, at Ainley. Uh, now, are you teaching there too? Yes. What do you teach? I teach a program called Interactions. It's uh, kids with autism. A program uh, specified to their needs. So a little bit of a different gig, but uh, yeah, that's my day job. Right, and then and then coaching <laughs> football was was this when you were playing? Were you uh, already feeling well prepared for life after football, or what was that journey like? No, not really. Um, I did have my teaching degree before I played pro football, so I guess I knew that that was something that I'd eventually do. Um, and then I grew up son of a coach many years for basketball and football, so. Yeah, you know what, kind of saw it uh, for myself. I didn't know when or where, and uh, this opportunity came up here at Harry Ainley and couldn't be happier there in my sixth year. Uh, oh, wow, okay. And uh, now you, you did, sorry, I think Cam said you guys won Provincials last year? Yes. And and going for it again, I, I know it's 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 a long road. You're close to the end, but there's there's still a lot to to get through. Tell us about beating Sal twenty five seven. I mean, Cam kind of felt that uh, you guys were were able to capitalize on some of their mistakes. Uh, how did you see it from your sideline? Yeah, it was a hard fought game. Uh, they're a very good team. 
uh, you know, both of uh, both of our teams had successful seasons in league play and and came out on the uh, some end of some uh, lopsided scores. So we, uh, you know, I felt like both teams separated themselves from the league, and uh, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough physical game, and uh, it was. You know, they uh, they play hard and, and made us work for it, but uh, you no know, games like that. It comes down to four quarters of. Uh, executing and and uh you know winning the majority of plays and uh yeah we were happy to come out on top now you go to face uh lindsey thurber i mentioned you're gonna you know, host them at clark uh on saturday they're ranked number eight in the province you guys are number one uh you know i was talking to campbell about watching film i assume you haven't played them before so is this a, a heavy film week for you guys yeah it is you know just like every week we uh Spend a lot of time watching film as coaches, and then uh, stuff that we get to our players as well. So yeah, you know what? We're I guess a little bit blind in the fact that we've never seen him in person, um, but have plenty of film on him, and, and feel like we've gotten to know kind of what they're about. So uh, they'll present some some new challenges, some different challenges, and uh, have a, a certain identity as a team there. So they'll try and take us out of our game, and we'll do the same. And uh, another tough one this time of year they they aren't easy yeah well sometimes the weather becomes an extra opponent uh we'll see what it's going to be like on saturday as well (laughs) i think we're going to get some snow over the next couple of days hey you know like you 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 played at a high uh, you played at a high level you you played pro football you know you played in the cfl for almost a decade um for, for some sometimes that doesn't always translate for for guys to become good coaches uh and especially you know dealing with younger players obviously in high school different physical maturities different mental maturities uh sometimes you know guys still have a lot of work to do on their games you you know sometimes they improve quickly but uh you gotta you gotta be patient what are some of the lessons you you take from your playing career that you think have have helped you as a coach in terms of relating with these younger guys yeah, well, I think, you know, some of our success with, with the program there has been uh, just the quality of uh, position coaches and assistant coaches that uh, been able to attain. And, uh, you know, when you got a 45-man roster or whatever, uh, it's tough to get around a coach and every kid, and you have to put your trust in, in the guys designated to their groups. And uh, so that, that's been the, the first thing, the biggest thing. It was one of my goals early was to look for as many good coaches and a lot of guys that are you know fresh out of the game a lot of former cis players that uh that are up to date with things and and uh, kind of come in with the new recent ideas um but you know what uh i played for too many coaches over my career um <laughs> it seemed to just kind of be a revolving door i think i played for seven offensive coordinators in, oh, wow. in nine years um you know, so I think one of the things that I've tried to use is just, you know, taking a little piece from everybody that I worked with and and tried to, I guess, implement the things that I liked, uh, both X's and O's, but also from maybe a philosophical standpoint. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to have some good athletes and, and kids with football IQ, and and we're just blessed with, with having talented players and, and kids that, that want to work hard every day and... Uh, and do what they can to, to kind of perfect their craft. 
Right on. Well, Brock, I, I know you're busy. We're going to have to try to talk again when we have more time, but all, all the best here in the North Final, Saturday 1 uh, at 1 at Clark. You're facing Lindsay Thurber. The provincial final is the following Saturday in Fort McMurray. Hope you're making that bus ride up to Fort Mac uh, in about a week or so. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, Reed. Take care. Brock Ralph, former Edmonton Eskimo, now coach of the number one ranked Harry Ainley Titans. That was fun talking to a couple high school football coaches. All right, well, we're up against the clock here. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Really fun show. Uh, Raptors and Detroit tied at 104 with 10 seconds left. We uh, got a bit of a special show tomorrow. A couple of uh, big names in studio, and uh, we'll have a very uh, another very special guest. We'll tell you all about that tomorrow at six. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.